Oh, it's been too long. You know, there's going to be some excuses coming here, right? Also, an apology, some explanations. We got some stuff to cover. So, uh, welcome back to the drop set. Let's get into it. And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is the drop set. With your host, Darren Starr. Ah, yeah. All right. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. We had a, uh, boy, we had a little bit of a hiatus there, didn't we? Yeah. Apologies for that. We'll get into why. We'll talk about why we're back. We'll talk about what I need from you guys going forward. Oh, yeah. It's a two-way street. I need something from you. Um, Ultimately, what it came down to is towards the end of last year, I just got super busy with stuff as always. And it's always stuff that's training related for the most part, work by training. I mean, coaching related. Um, I've, I've also come to the realization that I do a terrible job of explaining what it is I do. I'm not just a podcast host. Um, I, I'm a coach, a bodybuilding coach, first and foremost. So I'm spending more of my attention on my clients and, uh, along with that, um, there was a little bit of like what I would say is, I don't know, a little bit of mild depression that kicked in as well. And, you know, if I asked any of my clients, they wouldn't know. But boy, energy to do other stuff was just like it was not there. Like physically, I was just exhausted. I was, you know, really feeling pushed and pulled in a lot of different directions. And just time for the podcast was just not non-existent. And part of that is also because if I'm being totally frank with you, and I always am, right? I'm just going to give it to you straight. Um, this podcast isn't where I want it to be. Who is to blame for that? Well, that's me. Um, but, uh, I know like how many listens I get on an average week and it's just not anywhere. Like it's orders of magnitude off from where I want it to be. And so in that situation, it's very easy for me to say, eh, whatever. If I'm like a little pinched for time or really low on energy, it's a really easy thing to just say, eh, never mind. Okay, later. And then later turns into, oh, it's been four months or whatever. So uh, I'm going to make some kind of a commitment to not do that because I do want to grow this thing. Now, I need your help to do that because I get a lot of feedback from people which is really cool. Um, I like it. Uh, most of the feedback that I get is, hey, when's it coming back? <laughs> which, okay, if it didn't go away, that would probably be better, right? Because then I wouldn't get that feedback. But then I wouldn't really get much other feedback. Like I hear from some of you. You know who you are. Thank you for that. Um, but uh, I, I want a little bit more engagement. That's my ask from you. So I would say what I really want is when you listen to this, if you like something you're listening to, share it on social media, tag me. Tell your friends, send them to the website, etc. Thedropset.com. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of resources there outside of the podcast as well. The the stuff that I do that actually pays my bills around here. Uh, but the big thing is like share it, interact. If I'm asking for questions and stuff, like hit me up through my Instagram story, whatever. So um, you know, make your uh, make your voice heard because this podcast is nothing without your involvement. Otherwise, it's just me talking about the shit that I want to talk about. And if that's the case, we're going to talk about, you know, um, the guitars I've been looking at online and dogs that I've seen on Instagram and maybe a little bit of bodybuilding stuff here and there. Uh, 
but a lot of it also, and I've talked about this before, is how I've been in the, been in the the weeds on this so long. I and I feel like I've talked about everything. I kind of lose track of like what's relevant to people. Like, what are the kind of things that 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 are useful to you as a listener? Whatever your experience level is, because this podcast it caters to everybody from you know uh, longtime competitors to aspiring competitors to people that have no uh, interest in competing whatsoever, um, but just you know like the lifestyle and they want to know more about it and they want to get deeper into the weeds on how they can you know improve their physique. So uh, there's something for everybody. So and at all you know, experience levels uh, along the, uh, along the spectrum, everybody's welcome. So I'm not giving anybody crap for asking stupid questions or anything like that, because whatever your question is, I have asked it before as well. Um, so I need, uh, I, w- I would love, I'm not going to say I need, cause that makes me sound like a, an entitled prick. Um, but I would love, Oh my God, I would love some more feedback. So hit me up. You can email me. Uh, it's, it's always best though. Um, you know what really, really helps more than anything else? Because I can tell you this. One other thing that's a little demoralizing is whenever I share a post on social media, it is the type of content that always gets the least interaction, which I think part of it is the, the nature of it, right? So, um, But at the same time, uh, I'm not really getting the signs like, huh, we need more of that. I'm like, eh, okay, that doesn't perform very well. So I put it out just because, you know, if I'm recording the thing, I might as well, you know, talk about it and post about it. But uh, it typically gets, you know, th- those posts get fewer likes, they get less interaction. Um, so if you want more of this, interact. And don't just ask me when it's coming back if I've been on hiatus for a little bit. So that's a way to kind of prevent me from going on hiatus, if you will. I'm trying to manipulate manipulate the audience here a little bit. That's you. So if you feel manipulated, that's totally fair. You should feel manipulated. I'm trying my hardest. So, um, but I'm being very transparent about it at the same time. I'm not into that behind the scenes manipulation. I'm not playing mind games. I'm just putting out the hard ask, share this stuff, please interact. I would love it. So, um, I want to catch up a little bit on what's been going on with me. I do have some topics I put out um, put out feelers on Instagram just a couple hours ago. Like, hey, who has some stuff that they want me to talk about? And I got some stuff there. So we'll dig into that. In fact, why don't we start there, actually? And um, we can talk about me later because I am boring. I am way less interesting. So I've had a lot of stuff going on. But... Um, yeah, let's start here. So, um, first of all, Scott says, I believe it's time for PEDs part two mail edition. Yes, it is. I'm not ready to dig into that today, Scott, but yes, you're right. That's an IOU because I think that was the last episode that we talked about was gear 101 and PEDs for women specifically, by the way, I feel, I feel I, I need to explain myself. Well, I don't feel I need to explain myself, but I'm going to here. Um, some tool, uh, reached out to me on Instagram and I swear I thought he was drunk just because he wasn't making any sense. Turns out like, no, he was sober. Um, I had to block him eventually because he was just going off on how I am a sham coach. I'm a scam artist. All I'm looking to do is take people's money and I'm killing people by telling everybody to take steroids and I push drugs on everybody. I'm like, dude, first of all, fuck off. Second of all, see part one again and third you're blocked. Um, so, um, but I feel like, okay, let me just set the record straight. No, I'm not a pusher. I put information out and people can take into that what they want. They can read about it. Um, I am all about education. If you want to pretend that that kind of stuff doesn't exist, great. You go live in your fantasy world. If you say, Hey, that doesn't have any relevance to me. I'm not interested. Awesome. 
I fully support that. That is totally cool. Um, if it's the kind of thing where it's like, I can't talk about that because somebody might get the wrong idea, put on your fucking big boy pants and be an adult about it. Okay. So I have, I have zero patience for that kind of crap. Um, I'm not going to censor myself clearly. Um, I'm not going to censor the topics that I want to talk about because the problem is it's a huge part of the bodybuilding industry. You know, there's a big segment of bodybuilding that has nothing to do with PEDs as well, but there is, I would say a bigger segment that does. Um, and to not talk about it is really what causes the problem. Cause you know, I don't see anything changing in the foreseeable future. It's not going away. You know, I mean, give me a break. It's underground right now as it is. You think the NPC is suddenly going to decide, mm, we're going drug tested for all of our shows. Really? Okay. Well, if they do that, then the GBO or the WBC or whatever organization is, uh, is WPC actually is going to see they're so small. I don't even know what they are. Um, one of them is just going to take up all the slack and they're going to become a much bigger organization. So it's not going away. All right. But if you don't talk about it, that's what leads to people doing dumber and dumber crap over time. So don't ever interpret it for me as being some kind of an endorsement. Like you should do this stuff. I'm just saying like, Hey, if you want to know about it, here's some stuff to know. Here's some stuff to think about. It's a good place to start a conversation from. And part and that conversation may be, hey, I'm not interested in this. Great. Then you can check out. That is cool. The topic is not for you. Just like I talk about a lot of things that are competition related. If you're not into competing, it's probably not relevant for you. You might be interested as a curiosity or whatever. That's fine. But I'm talking to people that are interested. So it's just another one of those things. So I'm casting a wide net trying to talk about everything here. And, you know, with all the stuff that's been going on in the last um, couple years, especially with, you know, bodybuilders dying, it's worth talking about, right? Um, spoiler alert. It is, uh, it is typically not the PEDs um, that people, you know, as such that people think of them that are killing people. It's, uh, it's, it's usually the diuretics actually. So, um, they cause a lot more health related issues. The problems that come on from those are a lot more acute. You can develop health issues over time from, you know, more conventional anabolics like PEDs or I'm sorry, an more conventional PEDs like anabolics. Um, but those are also things where, you know, typically if you take care of yourself, you get your blood work checked, you cycle responsibly. Most of that stuff is either, um, very easy to avoid, very easy to manage. Um, you know, it, it's going to creep up on you slowly over time. So you can see the markers. It's if you have your head buried in the sand, you're like, I'm not going to get my blood checked. I'm fine. But yeah, you're all fine until you're not. So, um, it, it's, it's on you. It's your responsibility to take care of yourself, check yourself, you know, make sure that everything's on the up and up, get, uh, get your blood work done on a fairly regular basis. So, um, okay. That's my PSA there, Scott. Yes, you are correct. I do owe you part two of that conversation and we will do that probably with the next episode episode. So I want to get my, get some thoughts together, take some notes. I want to go back and review the previous episode. So I'm not repeating too much information and then we'll dig in on that. Uh, Jason, my client, Jason, um, I will give him a shout out. Ginger Ninja 50 on Instagram. That's hilarious. I love that by the way. Uh, is bodybuilding seeing a resurgence today? So I would say that depends on how you define today, like in the age that we're in right now, like let's say the last 10 years or so. Yeah. 
Hell yeah. And why is that? Well, much like me with my podcast episodes, um, bodybuilding is casting a wider net. They're trying to attract a larger audience. That's why we see all of these um, new divisions coming in. Think back to the day before men's physique. You know, bodybuilding was just that. It, it was like, if you're a guy, you're either doing bodybuilding or you're not. And now, um, just for guys, we have three categories. For women, we're up to what, six now? Hold on. Let's enumerate. Bikini, figure, physique. Bodybuilding is back. Wellness, fitness. Did I miss one? That's six. God, that's enough, isn't it? We don't need a seventh. I mean, if you, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to see bodybuilding making a comeback, but we're in a position now where we need to get rid of some categories and not, not add them just because if you've been to shows, especially a moderate size show or bigger, you know how long they are and what a slog they can be. So, um, I don't know. I mean, it seems almost sacrilegious, like what goes if we were going to, I mean, this is kind of a tangent, but I, I feel like that could also be the subtitle for this podcast, the drop set and other bodybuilding related tangents. Um, cause that's, it's kind of how I roll. This podcast is really good insight into my brain and how it works. And that's either going to, you know, you're either going to be like, Hey, I kind of like him or man, that dude's a psycho. I don't ever want to listen to another episode of that ever again. And whatever your reaction is, I would say, yeah, that's fair. I get it. If you look at it from just a numbers perspective, um, I think if, if you were looking to cut down, because I think it makes sense, like, you know, fewer classes. I mean, you've, you've been to a show, you know what takes the time, right? So first of all, it's the posing routines. Any, I think, um, they told us um, for my show in November, well, they just said, um, you know, the NPC uh, guidelines for posing routines for bodybuilding, classic physique, and women's physique is 60 to 90 seconds. Okay, cool. And so I asked the promoter, I'm like, hey, which is it? Is it 60 seconds? Is it 90? Guess what? I got no response. So I gave him a 90 second clip. Okay, cool. Turns out everybody was getting cut off at 60. Okay, that's fine. Honestly, I think posing routine should be cut down to 30 seconds, 30, 45 tops. Who needs more time than that? I don't, not me, not me, not really any other amateur. For the pros, sure, you earn that. As an amateur, God, we got to get through these shows faster. So cut down that posing time. Um, and how else? Well, fewer crossover categories. I think it's also time for the NPC to stop allowing crossovers between categories. Like I saw some guy, I don't remember who it was. It was just showed up in suggested posts and I was clicking through his profile and he, uh, he won men's physique as in a show and finished second in classic physique. I'm like, time out, stop. That should never happen. Um, and it shouldn't be allowed. You should not be allowed to cross over between multiple categories. And some people might say, well, I want to try my hand at, at, you know, different categories and see where I fit best. We'll do different shows. Um, I think at that point it's, it's a money grab for the promoters, but it dilutes the categories a little bit. Um, and the whole point of categories is that they should be different, right? Like you don't really want people crossing over between categories, between open and novice or masters. Sure. Within the same category, but in, in, uh, on the women's side of thing, if you cross over between bikini wellness and figure all in the same show that, that is, that is, that is bodybuilding allowing you to dilute the sport and make a problem. It's not your fault. You're just following the rules. Like they let me do it. Cool. And I can't fault anybody for that. But as an organization or a show promoter, I think that needs to be disallowed. 
um, you got to pick a lane and stay in it. And if you don't like it, well, guess what? You're only committed to it for that show. Next show, you want to do something different? Cool. It also encourages people and, and kind of reinforces the mindset like, you know, this is a long-term deal. So don't be thinking about th- this show. If you're really in it as a competitor, think about your game plan for your first five shows, right? You got to start thinking in those kind of terms. That's a few years, probably. Uh, and when you start thinking about things like that, then you can start to develop a vision for where you want to go. And I don't think the vision should start with, eh, let's just do it all. Unless maybe an exception for that would be um, if you compete in true novice, you can cross over between as many categories as you like. For a first show, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I did it. I just solved it right there. True novice, you can cross over between any and all categories. Once it's not your first show, you pick one and you stay there for that show. Next show, you can do something different. If it's like, yeah, that wasn't a good fit. I didn't like that. Now you know. Cool. On to the next. Um, that's going to speed up shows. It's going to lose money for promoters, which is why it will never happen. Um, and, uh, it's better experience for everybody. You know, it, it creates more definitive lines and definitions between the categories, which we desperately are in need of. So, um, I think that that kind of needs to happen. Who do I talk to about that? Anybody know? Um, yeah. See, the other thing is the other thing, why I want people to share these episodes, et cetera. If this show gets big enough, eventually somebody has got to listen to it, right? Somebody that can do something about this shit. They, they got to take notice, right? If we create a grassroots groundswell, that's so significant. It will just swallow the NPC up whole. Yeah. Okay. Probably not, but a guy can dream, right? So, um, yeah. So getting back to Jason's question, is bodybuilding seeing a resurgence today? Yeah. Because they're trying to be more mainstream. Um, they're, they're incorporating a, um, wider array of physiques. There's, you'll think about how many brands there are clothing brands that exist specifically for like gym culture versus 15 years ago. How many were there? You know, I mean, right now, <laughs> what are there? Several thousand, probably. I mean, you know, ranging from, you know, small to large. You know, what I do, uh, you know, the, the industry of coaching um, has grown exponentially um, over the last, you know, many, many years. So, um, depending on how you define today, I think if you go back and compare bodybuilding today versus bodybuilding of 20 years ago, yeah, and I think a big uh, factor on that also is social media. So not only can people see what everybody else is doing, um, but you can learn from everybody else. And I see a lot of corollaries um, between this and with music. If you look at um, modern guitar players today, you know, you've got the entirety of musical education at your fingertips. If you go on YouTube, you can, you know, if you hear something, you can go on YouTube, type in five words, watch a five minute video and see exactly how it was done. Oh, that's how that sweet picking pattern happened. Oh, they was ta- that's a tapping part. That's not a, that's not a alternate picking part. Okay. I got it. Oh, okay. And then suddenly that increases the rate at which everyone globally learns. So you've got people doing things like I'm talking like 18, 20 year olds that are doing things on guitar right now that 20 years ago, people would have thought they were aliens. Like, no, no way you can do that. And you look at a guy like Eddie Van Halen, my hero, and you got, you know, 12 year olds that are, that are playing his stuff, sounding exactly like him for the most part. And it's like, good. I mean, that just speaks to the power of social media to 
allow people to learn stuff. And also, you know, every generation improves upon the, the next generation, right? What's bodybuilding going to look like in 50 years? People are going to look like fucking mutants compared to what they look like right now. And they look kind of ridiculous now. And I'm not talking about the big guys or anything like that, but like, look at the wellness category. I mean, you know, you've got, you've got women competing in wellness that would give women's bodybuilders from 30 years ago a run for their money. Um, I mean, just the amount of size that they're packing and the, the overall shape and aesthetic, it's like, holy crap. Um, so yeah, I, I only see that continuing in that direction. I think social media has a lot to do with it, but also the organizations trying to have a wider appeal. I think the industry in general and the culture, um, is, is taking more of a mainstream, uh, conscious now as well, especially since, you know, it's not at all weird or uncommon for women to be, um, bodybuilders, whereas 20, 30, 40 years ago, it was anywhere from unusual to really fucking weird. Right. So it's just more acceptable overall. So yeah, definitely a resurgence for sure. And I would, I wouldn't even call it a resurgence. Actually, I would just call it a surge. Um, because I don't think it's getting back to where it was before. I think it's going to new heights and, Honestly, I feel a tremendous amount of job security right now because it's not like not like the industry that I'm operating in is going to be um, decreasing in demand or anything like that. I mean, the the pool of people that want to get involved in this is only growing daily. So um, but it does. um, It is incumbent upon us as coaches. um, And I would say also like, you know, competitors who who do it at a high level to be. Uh, to have integrity about what we do and to do things, you know, in a safe and responsible way at the same time. Um, because you know, the only thing that's going to kill bodybuilding is bodybuilding itself. And if, if the, the body count keeps increasing, it's not going to look good. That's not the kind of, you know, if 60 minutes starts calling the IFBB wanting to do a story, that's how, you know, things are going to change and the industry is fucked at that point. So, um, I think, uh, coaches carry responsibility, this sounds dumb, not just for the health of themselves and for their clients, which of course the client's health first and foremost coach has a reputation. I would say that is way down the list as far as like being second most priority. Um, but also just for the organization and the sport in general, you know? So, um, but Jason, that's a great question. Great question. Um, next up, this comes from Carla Rodriguez. Thanks, Carla. How you doing? She is at Carla R seventy two fifty five. So, she has two questions actually um, asked separately, which I'm a fan of. She's double dipping, but I'm cool with that. I, I, I absolutely have no problem with that whatsoever. Progressive overload. How do I personally do it? When is a coach necessary? So that's that's an easy question. It's almost like I planted that one. A coach is always necessary. Duh. Uh, you realize you're asking a coach, right? So. <laughs> I am always going to give you a biased opinion, but that is also, that is my honest opinion as well. And that is why I always have a coach myself. Um, it's not just for progressive overload. It's for everything. Um, but, uh, it depends on your goals. Like for my goals, um, I'm not happy just maintaining, I can maintain on my own, but I'm not really interested in doing that. So I always need a coach in my corner to make sure that, you know, make sure I'm progressing to hold me accountable, um, in a way slightly beyond what I can do for myself. Um, and to make sure I'm staying productive and to keep things changing and to keep me from getting complacent. So, um, because I, I know what my weaknesses are, that's all them. Um, and if I'm left to my own devices, I'll get lazy with stuff. Um, and a coach helps keep me honest. So even if a coach didn't tell me what to do, but was just there to kind of like, you know, 
you know, give me a little shit if I'm slacking and uh, give me that kick in the pants every now and then, that's good enough. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I always find a coach to be valuable. Now, you know, your mileage may vary on that, but I, I find it's always useful. Um, so, um, how do I personally do it? Okay, so in order to minimize editing here, I'm not even going to pause this thing, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up. I'm going to walk over to the other side of the room. I'm going to grab my logbook, and we're going to go over this in the nitty-gritty. So, hold on a second. I, I'd put Derby on the mic here, but she's asleep. I don't want to wake her up. So, give me 10 seconds. And ugh. thus concludes the most thrilling 10 seconds in podcast history. Okay, so what do we got here? What do we got here? We're going to fast forward into the logbook here. I'm about ready for a new one. Let's look at today's workout. Today's workout was chest and triceps. So um, the way that I have formatted my logbook, and you can see this if you go online uh, to fivestarphysique.com and you click on blog, training, and you'll see a post if you scroll down just a little bit, um, progressive overload explained examples, something like that, whatever it's called. Um, and uh, there's another one in there about workout logging where you can see how I, you know, there's actual pictures of my logbook in there so you can see how I format things. The way I do it is um, I write the exercise name and then I leave two blank lines in my logbook. And then I write the next exercise name and two blank lines. So my chest and triceps workout, let's dig into it. Flat machine press, uh, cable fly, incline dumbbell press, pec deck, dips, chest focused, and then push downs with an easy bar. So, um, and then you'd write in sets and reps after that and leave two blank lines. And so the two blank lines, like, uh, what I have written down here, flat machine press for the first one. Um, I have the words L E V written first of all. So that is because the, um, chest press machine in question, cause our gym has, I think five options, six options for a machine press. The one I'm using is a lever edge chest press machine. So LEV to indicate like which machine am I using? And then I have the weights written down. So, um, because it's a plate loaded machine, I use a plus and then the poundage that I've added. So my, um, the sets on my first week were plus 90 plus 120 plus 140 and plus 160. Now also the, the reps were descending there. So it's like the first set 20 reps and then 15 and then 12 and then 10. So it's hard to see like exactly, you know, it's hard to predict what those should be, but you kind of feel it out. And then sometimes I'll leave myself some notes, like I'll, I'll draw in an up arrow, like, you know, increase this next time or something like that. If I miss my rep target, I'll write the rep number in superscript above the weight for that particular set. So then I go to the right, here's week two. And then under week one is week three. And then to the right of week three is week four. So I get all four weeks written in on two lines. You got to write kind of small, but it saves you having to like go back and forth through your log book. And you know, like, where was this workout last time? It's all there. This is a month's worth of data on one page right here. This is the way to do it. I firmly believe there's a right way to format your log book and a right way to track your workouts. And this is it. And I will fight that with somebody to the death. Um, do not use apps. Don't give yourself a reason to pull out your phone between every set. Don't do it. Don't do it. So the first uh, the first week for this was 90, 120, 140, 160. So I knew, okay, I went from 90 up to 160. Now my reps dropped in half as well. First set, 20 reps. Final set, 10 reps. So I knew I could start a little bit heavier here, and I knew I might finish a little bit heavier. Maybe not. We're going to go and, and see. So my uh, second week, I started my first set at plus 100, so 10 pounds more 
than the previous time. Um, then I went up to 125, which is a five pound jump on the second set over the previous week. And then I did 140, 160, same as the last two. So that, that felt like I was, I was doing pretty well there. And then the next week, um, I'm like, well, let's just go. And you could tell like week three is when I really kind of like, I think I went into the gym this day with just a little bit more attitude. So I started at 110. So a 10 pound jump from week two, which was a 10 pound jump from week one. So a 20 pound increase there. And then I did 140 for the second set. So that's a 15 pound jump from week two. And then I did 160 for the third set for 12, which is the same way I hit my final set for 10 at the previous week, but a 20 pound jump if we're just comparing set three to set three. And then I went ahead and went for broke and did 180 for 10. So the 20 pound jump there as well. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. And then today was chest and triceps. So I went back for week four. Um, and the problem is the machine that I was using broke. I didn't break it but it broke after week three. So, so and it's, it's an older machine and there was uh, one piece of steel actually just sheared in half. So uh, that machine will not be getting repaired. It's just a matter of time before I show up and realize that they've hauled it away with a forklift and they're not replacing it. So, which is too bad because it was easily the best chest press machine in the gym, which is why I was using it. So I have different numbers for today that have no continuity with, um, with the previous workouts. Um, so same kind of thing with cable flies, with the incline dumbbell press. Um, I actually swapped out and used a machine press instead of dumbbells just because my shoulders acting up a little bit and I don't feel super confident getting them into position um, for that press there. Um, pec deck. So everything else, it kind of follows that general principle. I try to start a little bit heavier and then from there, if you can maintain the rest of the weights, well, you've still gone up in, in total work. Um, and if you can, if you can increase um, across the board. Great. Main thing is if you're increasing, don't let your rep, rep quality drop, like decide what a rep is going to look like for this flat machine press. And then just make sure that you're kind of tracking that throughout. And it can be really helpful to video yourself and watch that afterwards as well. I think typically you kind of know if your form's starting to suck or if your tempo is really accelerating, try and keep it slow, really focus on the quality of the rep, get a good squeeze in all the time. Um, and I, I think you'll find it, it starts to make sense. Um, but you're, you're, even if the reps are the same, like if this was four sets of 10 instead of a set of 20, 15, 12, and 10, um, I think you would still find um, that you can probably, I mean, you're never going to jump in to an exercise and do the first set at your max weight. That's a big thing that a lot of people miss. Like you're always going to treat the early sets as maybe not a warm up so much, but uh, a rehearsal, you know, again, musical analogy. Um, I'm going to play a song. I haven't played it in a week. First time playing it through, it's probably not going to be my best effort. You know, it takes them like, oh, yeah, okay, that's how this goes. I played this song a bunch, but I haven't played it in a week, so I'm a little rusty on it. Um, same thing here. Like, yeah, I've, I've used this machine press before, but you guys see how your body feels on a given day. And, you know, if I can push 180 pounds for my first, for, for my last set, I think I'm going to do that for my first set. No, you got to work up to it. No, I'm not saying you start with 50 pounds, but you know, I mean, here I started with 110 on week three. Well, that was because I was also doing twice as many reps. If they were all sets of 10 and I, I finished at 180, I might start at like, you know, 140, 150, something like that. And then push like 165 
one one seventy five, one eighty, something like that. So, um, but you got to give yourself a little bit of that wiggle room, just because you will find that your overall rep quality increases if you don't start at your max. If you're like struggling from the very first set, it's only going to get worse from there. But if you kind of ease your body into it, again, not going artificially light, not really babying yourself too much, but just not going at your max weight, like seventy five percent of your max for for a given rep range. That's a good place to be. So I think Carla and others, if you do that, I don't think that uh, I don't think you'll be led too far astray. Um, now I said Carla double dipped. She did, um, which again totally allowed. Um, her second question was my personal history in the gym. How long did it take me to get where I am, etc. So good, good question. So I'm always happy to talk about myself because it's a subject I know a lot about. So I don't have to go look anything up here. I know. When did I get started? You know, I remember my first workout partner, shout out, um, Jonathan Sassy, good buddy of mine. Um, we were roommates for a bit. Um, we worked together back in the late nineties. Um, and, uh, shared a place in Corvallis, Oregon. And we were in the routine of going to, um, gold's gym in the evening and then we'd go have our we'd go hit a diner for our post-workout meal like that was our routine (laughs) we did that a couple times a week at least that was how i got started so i would have been like 20 ish 21 maybe something like that so um and it was there i realized it was around that time i realized i kind of like the way this feels but holy shit you want to talk about me knowing nothing yeah I didn't know a damn thing. I was worthless. Um, but that's how it kind of started. Um, I, and I would see the people in there. I, I would see competitors every now and then. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Yep. Damn right. So it was just like immediately like, yep. Okay. Yeah. I got to figure this out. So um, from there, um, it was kind of off and on a little bit. Like it took a while to really get serious about it. I, I, I got into a, a pretty good and regimented routine, but doing stupid shit. Like, you know, workouts were very haphazard. I was just doing, you know, the latest thing that I'd read in a magazine or whatever. And the problem is that my approach to it was not very analytical. It was just like, oh, well, this article has the coolest pictures, so I'm going to do this workout today. And then the next day it might be, oh, this workout, I, I like the way this looks, even though it's like the same body part. So, I mean, like really dumb stuff. Then my diet was terrible. You know, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm trying, but I'm like using too many supplements. And, you know, it's like, I, I figure at that point, the, the key to growth is all about the protein powder. So, you know, it's like, you know, I wasn't tracking anything. You know, this is pre cell phone. Also, there were no apps that you could use to track foods. So it was a slightly different era. Um, I didn't have a coach. I didn't know anybody who knew anything about it either. So I'm, I'm, you know, trying to read some bodybuilding.com forums in the early days there. And, you know, the problem is there were, uh, so many conflicting opinions then even, um, so it was very much a trial by fire, like what works and what doesn't. And I'll tell you what, most of the stuff that I did did not work. <laughs> and I wish, I wish I would have had the inclination and the ability um, when I was younger to hire someone who knew what they were doing to get me started off on the right path at a younger age. Um, I started working with somebody recently here in the last handful of weeks i think we just hit hit our one month mark um she's getting ready for a show she's 16 it's like man i wish i would have been smart enough and disciplined enough to you know hire a coach and you know actually follow what they said and what they told me to do at that age because man if you can get started young like that oh 
Oh, I don't have a lot of regrets in life, but that's one. Um, that and my second marriage. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, love a mulligan on that one, man. Those two, those two things. That's pretty much it. Uh, if I could have those two back, I'd be okay. I could live with everything else. So, um, but uh, from there, it was like, you know, I, I can think of what gym I joined here and then next. Um, so, you know, it was that Gold's Gym in Corvallis, and then it was Albany Athletic Club for a couple of years. And then I ended up moving to Eugene, and then it was Gold's Gym in Eugene where I first met a guy that I would say was really like my first kind of coach, even though it was very informal. But, you know, he was a competitor. Um, I was friends with him, Travis, shout out. Um, and, uh, I, I know now, like he was a total bro all the way, like not a damn thing science-based, but it worked for him cause the dude was huge. Um, now he had, he had some health issues to be clear. Also, like he wasn't doing things the right way or, or the smart way or anything like that, but he made it work. Um, you know, he had the look that I was going for. So that was somebody that I could finally be like, all right cool. I'm going to listen to what he says. And so that's when I really started to like learn some stuff. And I also just kind of saw the way that he went about things and was thinking like, I'm pretty sure there's a better way to do this. <laughs> it was like, I don't know anything, but I, I know enough. Like I could tell like, man, this guy is succeeding as a bodybuilder kind of in spite of what he knows, not because of what he knows. That I, I I remember very clearly having that realization like, mm, okay, all right, you can do better, Darren. Still, I learned everything that I could from him. And then um, there was some school stuff that happened in there. I went back to school um, and then ended up uh, kind of flaming out of that. I've talked about this here before. And it was after a break from school that I got into personal training Um I got my certification and started training at a studio. And that's where I met a guy that I'd say was my first real mentor, Aaron Orton, um, who's still a, uh, he's a, he owns a training facility in Eugene. Um, super cool guy. One of the nicest guys I know. Great natural bodybuilder, just an all around good dude really knows his stuff and learned a lot from Aaron. Um, not only by watching what he did, but also like how he worked with people too. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of time with him because it was before too long that I moved cross country. And that's when I came out here, um, to North Carolina actually. Um, and from there it was like, okay, I'm reading everything I can. I'm talking to everybody I can. I'm doing everything possible. That was probably when I was in my most extroverted stage of my life. Cause if there was anybody who looked like a competitor in the gym, I would go and talk to him, made some friends that way. So, um, and you know, it was just a total, total absorption and immersion at that point. So, um, the training career really took off. I was just training in person at that point. Um, but yeah, I kind of went from there. So it, it, uh, my story is one of like, you know, a slow start, a slow ramp up for sure. Um, but kind of understanding like, you know, who has the knowledge that I'm looking for here? And for me, it was all about the people because the online resources were not as readily available then as they are now. Um, and then once you find the people, then ask yourself like, okay, am I learning everything I can from this person? Am I learning the right stuff from this person? Those are the things that you want to dig in on. So, um, yeah, I mean, I hope that helps a little bit. That's the, the cliff notes version. Um, so I would say realistically, I've been training 
with some kind of intent or purpose towards bodybuilding for about 24 years at this point. I'm 45 now. Um, so I got relatively kind of a late ish start. Um, and it wasn't until my late twenties that I really kind of had some kind of an idea of what I was doing. So, um, but then like, you know, you immerse yourself in something you can, you can really learn a lot in a pretty short period of time. So, and that, that's what I did. So, um, but great questions. Um, let me just do a quick refresh here. See if there's anything else that popped up. No, that is it. So if anybody else goes to my Instagram story, you can see that I asked this question here. Any podcast ideas that's still up for a little bit. So, um, anything that doesn't make the cut today, um, we will hit, uh, in the next episode. So switch gears real quick here. Ooh. All right. There's a quick little edit there. Did you catch it? I had to go eat. <laughs> so um, it's uh, it's interesting in that uh, lots changed for me recently. So um, I guess the big news to, to bury the lead is um, I switched coaches recently uh, within the last month here. So um, now don't go read anything into, into it or anything like that. Um, you know, I've had Kelly on the podcast a couple of times. Uh, I have nothing but the, uh, absolute best things to say about her. I was in a spot where I just needed like really what I thought I needed was a little bit of a break. Just generally speaking, just cause I was, I was feeling burnout and she was like, you know, t- take a break, take some time. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, and so, um, I, uh, I was in that space and the, you know, this is what happened when I found her. Actually, I wasn't looking for a coach and I just connected with her, found her randomly on social media, started chatting and there we go. And that's what happened this time as well. So, um, I wasn't really looking to make a switch necessarily. It's just, it happened. And I guess, you know, the way it works with me and coaches is you find, you know, the person you need at the right time. So, uh, the new coach is, uh, Eva Montgomery. She's based out of, uh, Spokane, Washington, where I have an aunt who lives. Um, and, uh, you might now say that like, Darren, why do you always have women coaches? It's like, well, you know, honestly, I, I just connect better with them for some reason. I've had many coaches over the years. I say many because some of them I've had for a month or two months and you just kind of know like, okay, this is a bad decision. And, um, all of my poor choices for coaches have been guys. And honestly, it's been every guy I've had as a coach. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that that is the reason, but it does really, uh, make me, uh, a little gun shy when it comes time to look for a coach. I'm like, I don't know. I haven't had a very good experience with dudes. I've had three women coaches and they've all been excellent. So, um, yeah. So, um, the thing with, uh, Eva and what we're doing is she's actually got me on a meal plan now, which I have not been on a meal plan. I've been doing macros for five years ish, something like that. So it was a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a shift for me for sure, but it was a shift I felt like I needed. And so I, I told her and I kind of decided like, you know what? I'm 45. We're going to go for broke here and we're going to see what we can do. So I said, you know, I've, I've competed in classic physique. I did this last year. Didn't do that great. That's I'm fine with that. I clearly need to put on a little bit more size. I said, ultimately the goal is I want to make it so that I can't cut down and make weight for classic physique. And I, I need to, I will have to go to bodybuilding instead. So we're just going to try and max out and, you know, put on as much size as humanly possible and push towards that aggressively. And so that's what we're doing here. So, um, weights up a couple pounds so far, but ultimately there's, I feel a lot tighter than in the past. Um, I'm eating a lot. And so that's why I had to stop and take a break to, uh, 
to go eat just now because uh, if I fall back on my meals, like my meal timing, I'm not going to get it all in or I'm going to get it in, but I'm going to feel miserable because <laughs> there's a lot of it. So I have to be a lot more precise with meal timing. So now it's like, you know, uh, my workouts have a certain time that I need to be done by so that I can get home and eat to make room for the next meal, to make room for the next meal and make sure that the rest of the day falls in line. So it kind of keeps me a little bit more, um, on track that way. Um, she's been doing a good job also of like, you know, um, really being, super, super picky about my form on some stuff as well, which has been great. So, um, giving some feedback, uh, sending her some videos, um, of stuff from the gym. Keep in mind, as I just talked about, I've been doing this for almost 25 years and I am not above getting feedback from people because she's, she said like, eh, try this, try this. And I try it. Lo and behold, there we go. Oh, that makes a difference. Nice. So, um, yeah, ask your coach for feedback. Um, and, uh, I mean, things, things feel pretty good. I'm, I'm eating a lot. I'm performing pretty well. Um, it's, it's a lot to stay on top of. So I'm doing more cardio than I've ever done during a growth phase. I'm actually doing cardio twice a day right now. I think the, the general principle right there is we want to keep a lot of calories cycling through my system. So more in, but also more out. And if we need to you know, ship that balance, I imagine that cardio will come down a little bit. But for right now, it feels good to be in the routine of doing it um, every day, even twice a day. I'm fine with that. They're short little, short little burst sessions, just 20 minutes a piece, 20 minutes fasted, 20 minutes post-workout. I can handle that. The workouts feel good, um, but I really need to stay on top of like keeping my body happy. I've been going in for regular stretch work, but my stretch lady has been out for the past couple weeks because she had surgery. <laughs> So, um, I'm going back in on Thursday, thank goodness, um, long overdue there. So if I keep that happening and also, um, I've been trying to make a habit of doing, um, hot yoga and by making a habit of it, I mean, I've done it once so far. Um, and then, you know, there's been stuff that's come up. So <clears throat> I'm doing enough, enough other things like with cardio, my meal prep has gotten a little bit more complicated. My meal timing has to be a lot more precise. Workouts are a little bit more intense. Um, work has not slowed down really. Um, so trying to squeeze, you know, a hot yoga class is an hour and a half plus it's 20 minutes to get there, 20 minutes to get back. It's like, it's gotta be at just the right time. And, uh, we were dealing with some issues with Taz in the past handful of weeks. I'll talk about that briefly here as well. So, um, like I had class, I had two classes scheduled that I had to cancel, um, the day before, um, because I ended up having to take him in for vet appointments at the last minute. So, um, the situation with Taz, who, if you uh, follow on social media, he is the uh, cattle dog, the bigger of the two. So they're, they're both white dogs with brown spots, Taz and Derby. Um, Taz is the bigger one. He's older. He doesn't look it, but he's like, you know, 11 or 12. He's a rescue dog, so we don't know for sure. But I've had him for nine years, and he was somewhere between one and three when we got him. So... Um, so he, he's older. He really doesn't act like it though, but he has glaucoma now. And, uh, they, uh, it took a little while to figure out what it is. Cause they did an eye pressure test on him, which is how you determine glaucoma. And it came back normal, but apparently that eye pressure can really fluctuate a lot over the course of a day. So it's not uncommon to get a normal reading, but he was just not acting himself at all. He was out of it. And, you know, he had a little weird little bump around his eye that we noticed. So, took him in. And at one point, um, once they finally diagnosed it, they said, well, his eye pressure came back at 60. And they said, if it's 20 to 25, that's concerning. So 60. So they said he was in a lot of pain. 
like that, that that's like migraine headache constant at that point. So felt really bad. I mean, we, we found it very early, but still he had lost tremendous amount of vision in that eye. So we started him on some medication immediately, um, and got his pressures down to, um, 14 in his good eye and eight in his bad eye. So they said, that's right where we want him. That's great. So, um, medication's doing well. Um, he's regained a little bit of vision in that eye, but they said it is a degenerative disease. So he's not going to get any more back. He can see out of it, just not super well. Um, and they said it's only, it, it will get worse over time. That's, that's the guarantee. And, um, they also said, uh, they're concerned because the drops are working right now, but it's only a matter of time. He will develop some kind of resistance to those drops and they will stop being effective at which point his pressure may go up again and, uh, the pain may return at that point. They might have to take his eye out. So that's kind of sad, but then I might get a dog with an eye patch, which, you know, I want him to keep his eye, but that that's a decent consolation prize. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he, I tell you what though, I was in there in the appointment with him and he was such a good boy. I mean, he was so well behaved. He was just, they were fucking with him all over the place. They had three doctors come in and look at him and he was just like, whatever. It's like he knew that we were trying to make him feel better. Um, he was such a good boy. So proud of him. So anyway, there's been a lot of stuff going on basically. Um, not the least of which also is I release new music. Um, so if you search for my name, Darren Starr, on Spotify, you will see Southern Goodbye, which is a, an, a solo instrumental album that I put out um, earlier this month, actually. So it's available. Um, you can stream that if you like. It should be available everywhere. I don't know if it's on iTunes yet. I haven't gotten the email saying that it is, but it should have been weeks ago. They're just, I think, slow for whatever reason, just like they're not getting my podcast episodes up either. So, um, But that's available. And then uh, the band, Sketch Eclectic, um, has a new song coming out next Friday, actually May 6th. So, uh, and then we will be playing a gig here in town in Knoxville on the 17th. So if you are local, want to come check us out, we'll be playing at Finn's, um, on the corner of Peters and Kingston Pike. So we're playing from seven to nine on a Tuesday, the 17th. I'm already trying to figure out how I'm going to work my meals around that day. So, um, I think that pretty much catches you up on me. So, um, there we go. There we go. Um, and as always, you can see what I'm doing, um, on Instagram at Darren underscore star. You can go to facebook.com slash five star physique. Check that out. Five star physique.com or the drop If you want to go specifically to the podcast related stuff. So, um, like I said, uh, Share the uh, share the episodes via social media. Tag me in them. Shoot me questions. Um, anything like that. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you want to hear about. Um, and I want to get. Uh, I, need, I need some reinforcement that people care, basically, because that that will keep me a little bit more honest here. And then I need to you know, try and you know broaden that audience a little bit and see what we can do there. So it's, it's still happening though. It's still happening. And if you listen on iTunes, um, you're not hearing this right now. There is an issue. I don't know what it is. I have worked with my hosting people to try and figure it out and we still haven't resolved the issue. And I was in a mode where I was just going to be like, okay, well, you know, as soon as that gets fixed, then we'll get back to recording new episodes. But now I'm like, no, you know what? They will get put out there once that issue is fixed, but I'm not going to stop now any longer than I already have just for this. So at any rate, that concludes this 
this episode with 199 something like that we're about 200 what are we going to do special for 200 i uh, know probably nothing i don't i need a team <laughs> i don't have a team to help me put together a 200th episode bash or anything like that it's just me therefore we're going to celebrate i might uh, i might hit the vibra slap at the start of the next episode um just to signify that it's a celebration but beyond that and oh maybe i'll eat a cupcake live on the air too i don't know that'd be about the end of that um so thank you for listening i appreciate it hit me up share post tag uh and uh hope everybody stays safe